On this week's episode, we're diving into the league and doing some house cleaning. And one young budding star wants to build a super team. All that and more on this week's episode. What's up, y'all? What's up? It's episode nine of Check the Scoreboard Podcast. Welcome in to episode nine, everyone. Appreciate everyone coming in, tuning in, and listening. I uh, can't believe that it's almost been 10 weeks. It's been two months since we kicked this thing off the ground. It's Wednesday, uh, November 28th, and it's nine. It's about 9.22 in the morning here. Um, I'm about to, I'm going to start giving you all the timestamps on, on when I do these. A lot of the times I do these on Wednesdays. Sometimes I do, I do them on Tuesdays. Uh, but... As you all know, Thanksgiving just passed recently. Thanksgiving was last Thursday. The Christmas tree went up last night. Uh, so I'm ready for Christmas. We're getting ready for Christmas around here. Uh, the weather, it's trying to decide if it wants to cooperate or not. Um, it's been kind of cool lately, and that's and that's nice. Uh, but it can get a little bit irregular here in, in Alabama. But the Christmas tree is up. Uh, Thanksgiving was last Thursday. And I didn't, I didn't go over this last week. In last week's episode, I didn't. Uh, I forgot um, to uh, to ask my guest, uh, Johnny, and, and shout out to Johnny for coming on last week. I forgot to to ask my guest what he was thankful for and to wish him a happy Thanksgiving um, on, on the show last week. And I forgot to uh, just give a shout out to uh, my family and, and my parents. Um, and so I'm going to take the time right now to just to just say what I'm thankful for. Just I'm just thankful to have a, a supporting family uh, who've, who've always been there to support me from when I was a little kid growing up, uh, no matter what I did, whether it was spelling bee or whether it was uh, science projects or whether it was sports, my family was, uh, they were always there to support me. So thank you, mom and dad, uh, my brother, my grandparents, I love you all so much. My parents sacrificed so much uh, to be able to, to get me to places uh, like football practice, baseball practice, basketball practice, whatever it was. Uh, some like in the summer times. Uh, one year I took tennis lessons and my dad would, would take me and my brother to tennis lessons. Um, and just, I appreciate my family so much and, and grandparents having to pick us up from school and things like that when, when we couldn't drive and when my parents had to work. And so uh, just very thankful to have a supporting and loving family. Uh, thankful to have my friends, uh, friends who surround me and, and push me to be better. Uh, just growing up and, and going through college, always surrounding myself with people who who challenged me and, and pushed me to be better. So I appreciate you guys and I appreciate my listeners uh, for helping me, for giving me the confidence. Um, I mean, it's not like, it's not like the entire country is listening to me, but to have, uh, to have the positive feedback that I'm, that I'm getting when I'm, when I'm doing this podcast and these things, it just pushes me to, to want to create more for you guys. And so I appreciate you all. Uh, I did not, I did not want to, I did not want to advance into this episode any further without, without uh, giving this little shout out. And so there we are. Um, that's what I'm thankful for. Also thankful for the birds, the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, if you guys know me, I'm a, I'm a big Eagles fan. The Eagles got a big win on Sunday to keep the season alive. They beat the Giants 25-22. At this point, a win is a win. And really last year, the Giants win, even though it was early on in the season, uh, it was pretty much one the same way. Jake Elliott kicked a field goal last year in week three of the, of the season to give the Eagles a 27-24 victory. Well, this past Sunday, Elliott's field goal came with like 35 seconds to play or something like that, and it gave the it gave the Eagles. Uh, it was a home game like last year too. Gave the Eagles a big 25-22 victory. So, big win for the Eagles. It keeps us alive. We've had to deal with so many injuries. It's ridiculous the amount of injuries we've had to deal with. Um, 
it's like I don't it's it's catastrophic. It's really out of this world. Just in the last just over the course of the season, Carson had to come back from his his knee injury. He missed the first two or three games of the season. And then uh, Derek Barnett, our star defensive, you know, our star defensive lineman. Uh, he played so well in his rookie year last year, made a big play in the Super Bowl, made big plays to get us to the Super Bowl. He goes out with a shoulder. He goes out with a shoulder injury. We had Mike Wallace, who we saw in the offseason to help, you know, give us another threat down the field. He goes out with like an Achilles injury, an ankle injury. So he's out for the season. And then you've got Darby, who's out with an ACL. You've got McLeod, who's out with an ACL. You've got Ajayi, who's out with an ACL. And then Peters missed a couple of games with the shoulder. Lane Johnson's missed a couple of games on the offensive line. And and we just got Tim Jernigan back. And so it seems like every time somebody like comes back, other people get hurt. Sidney Jones has been hurt all year. So big win for the Eagles on Sunday to keep the season alive. We've got Washington next uh, on Monday Night Football under the spotlight, you know, under the lights. Last year that was a big game for us as well. Carson performed well uh, against the Redskins on Monday Night Football last year. I'm looking – for Carson to be the leader of the team this this year uh, again on Monday Night Football, uh, I'm liking the way that Doug incorporated the running game with Josh Adams. Uh, I loved it. I loved seeing it. I want him to do it more. I think Adams uh, he can be the running he can be the running back that we need to be able to to keep the defense you know on their toes, especially against the Redskins because they've got such a good linebacking core. They can get after the quarterback and they've got such a strong defensive line. They can get after the quarterback. They can create pressure. And uh, Carson's been sacked a lot already, more than I would like to see. But if we can keep them off balance, you know, with the strong running game with Josh Adams and spelling him with Corey Clement, who runs tough, um, so that Carson can throw the ball down the field, I like our chances against the Redskins, who unfortunately lost uh, Alex Smith to a season-ending injury um, the week before Thanksgiving. And so always hate to see, always hate to see season-ending injuries, no matter what sport it is. And uh, definitely the Alex injury, the Alex Smith injury was was tough to watch. It was ugly if you saw it. Um, but I mean, in the reality of things, the Redskins are down. The Eagles have a chance to uh, one up on them. It's 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 the first matchup of the of the season for these two, and, and they'll play again in Week 17. So this is a big game for the Eagles. Uh, once again, looking to keep our season alive. Pretty much, it's 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 a one game season every every week. Every week they have to win. Well, the division games. I mean, they've still got to play the Rams and they've still got to play the Texans, who are both red hot and on fire. Um, but they've got the Redskins this week. They got the Cowboys next week, and then they've got two out of conference, out of conference games, out of division games. So uh, it's pretty much it's pretty much looking to go one and zero every single week from here on out. But from there, we've got the Braves. The Braves made a big splash. Uh, they signed Donaldson to McCann. Um, so happy to have McCann back in Braves country. And so happy to add Josh Donaldson, who who brings Gold Glove caliber third base, uh, you know, third base play uh, to an infield that's already pretty good, right? Camargo played extravagant. He played amazing for the Braves at third base last year, and I love Camargo. But now this allows um, they didn't resign Marquez in the offseason, so that meant that we were either shopping for a right fielder or an outfielder, or we were just gonna, I guess, plug someone in into the outfield and, and have them play outfield, which it's looking like it's going to be Camargo uh, plugging in to play the outfield. He, he had 18 bombs last year. He drove in almost 80 runs uh, somewhere. It was closer to 70, but I mean, he brings a, he provides a big bat. I mean, he's proven that he could hit. Um, so big moves for the Braves. 
all around just happy uh, for my teams right now. Uh, my sons, they could be playing a little bit better, but a lot. I mean, that's that's always tough, right? Um, the Suns, you know, they've been they missed playoffs the last seven years. But before we get to the Suns or, or anything else, let's do some let's do some house cleaning. House cleaning. We've got the top of the Eastern Conference, the Raptors. Really, no change here. It's the Raptors, Bucks, and Sixers. Raptors have the best record in the league. They won six in a row, and they made it six in a row last night with a win, a comeback win over Memphis in Memphis. So uh, the Grizzlies, they've lost uh, their lot. They've lost three in a row, two in a row. And they've dropped all the way down to the five spot in the Western Conference. Um, but the Western Conference is so tough that one loss really could could it could move you out of the playoffs if you look at the standings, depending on where you are. And that's kind of and that's what the bottom of the stand that's what the bottom of the standings looks like uh, look like. The Lakers are one and a half ahead of the eight seed, but they're a half game back. Well, now they're a full game back of the six seed because they lost last night um, at home. They lost last night on the road to Denver. I should say, but Raptors at the top of the Eastern Conference, uh, eighteen and four. The Bucks are fourteen and six, and then you've got the Sixers at fourteen and eight. So, a lot of these teams are starting to to cool off a little bit, but other teams are just playing better. All around the league, it's just been really good basketball play so far this year. And I, I know I've said that from week to week, and I know I say it every week, but it's true. I mean, you watch these games and you watch these teams play, and, and teams that should be bad or who are or who are picked. Um, to be very bad or, or not as competitive, they're playing really well right now. And so, and one of those teams is are the Orlando Magic. It is the Orlando Magic, and the Magic are my surprise. They're my surprise team this week. Uh, but a lot of these teams, like I was saying, I mean, it's such good basketball play. The league is looking really strong this year, and that's and that's a good thing. That's a healthy thing. That's a positive thing, right? Because we don't want a league where it's just the Western conference is dominating. And then the Eastern conference has like five teams that are under 500 in the playoffs. Like that's not, that's not fun. Like that wasn't fun when we saw that a couple of years ago, that was not fun at all. It was, it was kind of, it was a joke really. But now there's, there's a lot of healthy competition. Some of these teams are hovering around 500 and it's not going to be like that the entire way. Some of these teams are going to catch fire and some of these teams are going to cool off a little bit, but it's going to get, I think this is a good, um, this is this is what we can this is what we can expect as the season goes on and, and as we move into December and and, and Christmas and, and stuff like that. And some of these teams start to hit their stride really after Christmas. But I think this is what we can expect. A lot of these teams are gonna play you tough, like like an Orlando Magic, um, like a Chicago Bulls, like a Dallas Mavericks. These teams are gonna play you tough and it's gonna be it's gonna be hard to beat them. I mean the NBA's not it's not a pushover. There's there's no there's no guarantees in, in the NBA. Like you can't go, you can't just because you're playing the Suns, you can't expect to win that game. Like I mean, you prepare and no, there's not a pushover game. One good team has a they they have a sleeper night and a team like the Suns can beat you. Sorry to use the Suns as a as an example, but I mean the Suns are they just they are what they are. They're bad right now. But I mean, no team is I mean, like you can't sleep on any team because they all have professionals and they all have players who can get it done. But the Magic, one of the surprise teams, I think, surprising right now, they're playing extremely well. They're ten, they're ten and eleven, so they're not five hundred. But they played much better in November than they have or than they did in October. They're eight and six so far in November. Um, at at eleven and ten or at ten and eleven, if the playoffs were to start right now, they'd be in the playoffs. 
if the playoffs were to start, they'd be in the eighth. They'd be in the eighth seed, so they would play. They would play the Raptors if the playoffs started today. And we're only twenty games in, of course, but they're averaging one hundred and five, basically one hundred and sixty game. Um, they average one hundred and twelve points in wins, and they average just ninety nine in losses. So that's a, that's a that's a big split. Um, and between wins and losses, that's that's a huge split. But like I said, they're eight and six so far in November. They're six and six at home. You would you would like that number to be a little bit. You would like that record to be a little better. You would like it to be like a, a Dallas Mavericks. The Mavericks are eight and two at home, and and they're my surprise team from the West. Um, but the Magic are six and six at home right now, and they're four and they're four and five on the road. So that's what you have. The led in scoring by Nikola. Uh, by Nikola Vucevic. Um, if you've watched Vucevic, you know that he can he gets it done. Uh, he's been getting it done for the last couple of years. He's just been on he's just been on bad Magic teams. Um, he he can score the basketball. He can rebound. He he can shoot from inside. He can shoot from outside. He can he can pass the ball. So he can see the floor very well. He's a strong four. He's a strong power forward. Um, sometimes he plays center, but he's a strong he's a strong power forward for that team. Um, and so he, I mean, he can get it done against the, the Eastern conference's best and really the league's best. And when you look at some of the teams that the magic have beaten this year, they've just, I mean, they've, they've put it together. I mean, the magic, they've got some solid bets on that team. They've got Terrence Ross, they've got, uh, DJ Augustine, they've got Aaron Gordon, uh, who's sort of paving the way and, and he's improving his game. He's, he's shown that he can do more than just dunk and, and rebound in that small four position he's shooting the ball a little bit better but they've already completed a season sweep of the lakers uh they they took golden state to the brink the other night they were leading goals and they were leading golden state actually and golden state came back and, and and beat them but uh they had they had golden state on the ropes they've beaten the heat they've been the celtics they've been the spurs they've been the wizards they've been the 76ers and so all those teams except for the wizards right now are playoff teams they're they're playoff well the Heat I don't think the Heat are in the are in the are in the standings are in the running for the playoffs uh, the Heat are in eleventh place at seven and thirteen but they beat the Heat to open the season but none none of these teams all these teams some of these teams that they've beaten are really good especially some of these teams in the Western Conference like the Spurs and well just the Spurs and and the, and the Lakers they swept the Lakers that means that they went to L A. Uh, that means they they beat LA in Orlando last week, and then they went to LA on Sunday, and then beat the and swept and beat the Lakers to sweep them, and then they were in Golden State on Monday and had the Warriors on the ropes before Kevin Durant dropped forty nine. So the Magic are playing really decent basketball. They're playing really good ball right now, and they look good. and And Vucevic is part of the reason for that. And behind him, you've got Aaron Gordon, who's averaging fifteen a game, and then you've got Terrence Ross, who's averaging fourteen a game. So. The Magic have a solid core, and they could be one of those teams who you don't want to play towards the end of the season, who you who could ruin whether you either get into the playoffs or don't get into the playoffs, or who ruin you know whether you get home court advantage or you just miss home court advantage and you have to go on the road to start the postseason. And they they could be one of those teams that you just don't want to play. That could be them. Uh, the way that they're, the way that things are shaking out, and the way things are looking, that's how they're playing ball right now. And then in the Western Conference, you've got the Clippers at the at the top. You've got the Warriors behind them, and then you've got the Nuggets in the three spot. 
Clippers are thirteen and six. They don't have the most wins. The the Warriors are fifteen. They have fifteen wins. Um, so, but the Clippers, they you know they're they're up in the loss column. The Warriors have seven losses. The Clippers have six losses, and that's why the Clippers are in first place right now. But you've got the Dubs. They've won three in a row. Uh, they won three in a row since they lost five in a row. And really, everyone was not really pushing the panic button, but we were kind of going like. Look what's going on with the Warriors and Steve Kerr. He said that, I mean, he said that the first two years they had it easy. First years were easy, and this year, I mean, it's real. Like, it's reality. They're being hit by reality. They lost five in a row for the first time since like 2013, 2014. Um, it was it was unprecedented waters for this new for the new dynasty, and they responded well. They still don't have Steph back. Steph, he's expected he was expected to miss about ten games with his groin injury. He should be coming back soon. Uh, he should he should be on the court soon. But Kevin Durant's been carrying him. I mean, he had like I said, he had forty nine. He had forty nine the other night against against the Magic to lead a comeback. So the Warriors they won three in a row. They're riding the ship slowly but surely. They should get Steph back really soon. And by the way, they're ten and two uh, with Steph on the court. So when Steph gets back. Look for the Warriors to kind of catch their stride again and, and catch fire and, and really take off and be the Warriors team that uh, people thought they could be or people really expect them to be. And there's really no there's really no reason to worry if you don't have Steph. And I think Steph is a clear. I mean, it's clear how valuable he is. And if you were to do a poll of if we did the MVP today, Steph would most definitely be in the top three uh, of, of candidates because you have. I mean, you look at this Warriors team and you look at how they've played without Steph, it's 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 more than his scoring that they're missing. It's the it's the way he helps space the floor. It's the way that he runs in transition. The way that he's able to move off of screens and rolls. I mean screens and, and picks. And it's it's just the way that it's the leadership that he he has on the court. It's how the players feel around him, and you, and you can tell. And all of this, it's it's more than just scoring. It's deeper than just scoring. And so I mean you can you can tell where they miss Steph, and they've been they've been making it through. And Quinn's been playing great. Quinn Cook has been playing exceptionally well in his stead and, you know, in his absence at the point guard position, but Quinn's no, he's no stuff. Um, and, and, and so it's, it's apparent where the Warriors missed up, but when they get him back, it should be just, I mean, like, it should just be like, just like snapping your fingers and all of a sudden they're Thanos again. They have all the infinity stones and the rest of the league can just kind of um, disappear into the wind or wherever they disappeared to, right, in the, in the movie. But you've got the Nuggets at the three spot, and the Nuggets, who are coming off a win on Tuesday night over the Lakers. It was a pretty easy win. I feel like the Lakers, the Lakers never really showed up for that one. Paul Millsap had 20 and 10. Um, Jamal Murray played well. Jokic played well, and slowly the Nuggets they're 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 riding they're riding their own ship. So uh, they've won three in a row now after they had after they sort of struggled a little bit in November after having after getting you know starting the season off eight and one and and then like ten and two and and so on. They've just I mean they really picked it up. They picked the playback up, and last night. Uh, heard something interesting on the on the Nuggets broadcast. This is the tenth time already this year that the Nuggets have held an opponent under a hundred points. 
and the Nuggets are 14 and 8, so they've played 22 games. So almost in half their games, they've held their opponent to less than 100 points. And when you hold your opponent to less than 100 points, more times than not, in today's league, you're going to win because everybody's scoring 100 points or more. So if your opponent isn't scoring 100 points, then the likelihood is that you are and, and you're and you're winning. So that's that's crazy to me. That's that was that was really surprising to to see that the Nuggets have already held ten people to to less than a hundred points, or they've already held their opponents to less than a hundred points ten times uh, in just twenty two games. And Paul Millsap, he said that they are they he called them a, de- a defensive team that they they want to be one of the best in the league, and they look to bring it every single day. And and so far they they have, and they're playing a lot better as of late. Um, and and a couple of teams are faltering in the Western Conference. On the other side of that coin, uh, the Trailblazers have lost three in a row. The Pelicans have somehow fallen out of the, out of the playoff picture. They're ten and eleven, uh, which doesn't get it done in in the Western Conference. And so, the Grizzlies have lost three in a row. The Pelicans they've fallen out. The Blazers have lost three in a row in the Western Conference. And then, so you have teams like the Nuggets and the Dubs and and the Clippers who are rising up and are separating themselves. But then you also have uh, the West, the the rest of the Western Conference, who who are also keeping up, and it's really just everybody beating everyone. Like they're all beating up on each other. Like the Thunder are in fourth place, uh, the Lakers are in seventh, and the Kings are in eighth. And the Kings, who were on fire, they've lost two in a row, and and they're in the eighth spot. But they have the same record as the Spurs, who are also ten and ten. So, I mean, it's it can go either way. And then you've got the Mavericks at nine and nine, and then you've got. Uh, the Timberwolves at ten and eleven. The Pelicans at ten and eleven. The Rockets are nine and ten. The Jazz are nine and twelve. And then you have the Sun. Then you have the Suns at the very bottom. But I mean, the Western Conference. It's it's like I called it. It's very tough. It's going to be difficult. It's not going to be easy uh, to win. And the eight teams that make it, it's going to be like a gladiator battle uh, for the eight teams that that do get in. So. I mean, I really like the competition that I'm seeing right now across the league as a whole, across the board. And then when you section it off into the Eastern and Western Conference, uh, I really, I really like some of these. And some of these games, some of these teams shouldn't be losing. And when you watch, it just, it just like they're just like they're missing certain things. Like certain things just aren't clicking. Uh, whether it's not getting back in transition or giving up too many buckets in transition or not shooting the three very well, or it's just like some of these teams are missing something in these games. And when they go on these losing streaks, you can see it's apparent. But like I said, most of these teams after Christmas or around Christmas, they're going to, they're going to figure it out and they're going to pick it up and then you'll get, you'll start to see them play well. And then that's when you'll start to see uh, some of these teams sort of like bridge themselves off and, and, and build a gap between teams either below them or teams above them starting to separate themselves. So uh, not not a lot to worry about right now. Just a lot of teams playing really good ball and still figuring it out. Just 22 games into the season for a lot of these teams. But my surprise team out of the West right now are the Dallas Mavericks. The Dallas Mavericks are 9-9. Nine and nine, And that's really surprising because they started the season 2-7. and seven. They started 2-7, two, two and seven, the Mavericks did. So really, they've they've gone seven and two over the last nine games, which is really good. Over the last, I mean, if you look at their split over the last ten, the Mavericks are seven and three over the last ten, and that's that's really strong. And you heard me mention their home their home record earlier. They're eight and two at home. That means they're one and seven on the road. 
They're terrible on the road, a terrible road team on the road. And that's because, I mean, they, they have some veterans on that team. They've Berea, they've JJ Berea, they've Wesley Matthews, and they have Harrison Barnes, but they don't have Dirk Nowinski. Dirk, Dirk is still not back. And when you, Dirk is, a, I mean, even when he comes back, he's probably going to come off the bench, but he's not playing right now. And so the Mavericks are very young. They're still trying to, they've, they've Dwight Powell, who's very undersized for a forward. And so, I mean, they've got young guys. They've got Luka. They've got Doncic. They've got Dennis Smith uh, Jr. When you look at their team and you look at their roster, I mean, yeah, it's it's sort of what you would expect from a young team to struggle on the road, but to be one and seven on the road, that's really tough. But to be eight and two at home, even though they're, you know, you expect them to play well at home, but to be eight and two at home, that's also extremely impressive. They've only lost two games, and they've beaten teams like the Celtics at home. They've beaten the Spurs, and they and they've beaten the Warriors. You know, they've beaten all those teams at home in Dallas, and all those teams are extremely good. But, I mean, that's but they're led by their young point guard in Luka Doncic. Doncic, he's averaging 19 and four. He's getting 19 a game. And he's getting four assists, and he can rebound. Uh, he's 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 a very big guard. He's six five. He's he's a six five guard, so he can get in there. He can bank. He can rebound if you need him to rebound to help rebound. He sees the court very well, and his assist numbers will go up. Uh, he has the ability to pass the ball. He makes great passes, and if you've seen some of his highlights, he can he can get his he can get his teammates open. But the thing that's so impressive about him right now is his scoring ability. He's 19 years old, but he but he played professionally in Europe uh, for a couple of years, so he has a couple of years of, of professional experience under his belt. It's just that you know everyone talks about the the translation to the NBA. The NBA is different from the from the Euro League. It's not the same as playing overseas, and and players typically struggle when they come over. Doncic is not showing any of that, and he's and he's nineteen, nineteen years old. Of course, everyone remembers the trade on draft night. The Hawks drafted Doncic. The Mavericks took Trey Young, but they swapped, so the Mavericks got Doncic and the Hawks got Trey Young. That was the trade, and Doncic and they're both playing really well, and and you could say that both teams really won that trade. Uh, that's another one of those win-win situations. And Doncic is he's showing right now that he's a young leader for that team. He's leading the team in scoring, and he everyone else is just sort of falling behind him. They're following his lead. They're fall, he's shooting 46% from the field, which is really good. It's really impressive for a rookie to do that. And he's probably the front runner for rookie of the year. If they were to do rookie of the year right now, it would it would be Doncic. It would be probably him at one. And then you would have Aiden at two. And then you would have Alonzo Trier at three. And Trier is my rookie spotlight this week. So the way that he's playing, the way that he's leading the team, and for the Mavericks to be nine and nine and not have a single player shooting 40% from three, that's also impressive. Because the league, the, the way that the league now is, is everybody has to be able to shoot the three ball. Everyone has to be able to shoot from three. You have to be able to keep up with the Warriors and the Rockets and, and the good teams because they all shoot threes very well. And if you can't shoot threes, then you're going to lose by 30. Well, the Mavericks, they're only shoot. They, they don't have a single player. None of their players shoot 40% or better. The highest that they have is 
Wesley Matthews, I think, who shoots 38%. He shoots 39%. Their team, their team average is, is 37.8%. They shoot 37.8% as a team from three. And Wesley Matthews is like the high. He's the he shoots the best. And he's not even shooting 40%. So that's that's also impressive, and that's also something to take into account. So the Mavericks, a, a good home team, and and they've just you know, and this might even out, and and they might hit a slide, you know, once they have to go on a road trip, and they might hit you know they might hit some bumps in the road, but right now they're playing really impressive, and they're they're playing impressive enough to catch my attention, and that's why I have them as as one of my surprises this week, uh, one of my two surprises, but. You know they they'll they hit the road and they have the Rockets and the Lakers coming up and, and we'll see and we'll see what you know what what they're made of we'll see uh, even though the Rockets game is is an in-state game it's in Texas um, it's it's still a road game they still have to travel so players are still traveling you know they have to travel and, and get into their hotels and and you know, go to shoot around and, and everything like that. They also haven't played in a couple of days. So they also haven't played since Sunday. So they've had a couple of days off and, and it's Wednesday. They've had a couple of days off, you know, sort of get acclimated and, and things like that. Um, but they'll, they'll be on the road for the next two before they return home. Uh, keep an eye out for that Mavericks team. They could be one of those teams that are playing spoiler at the end of the year. Uh, if they can't get into the playoffs, if you have to go to Dallas at the end of the season and their, their home numbers stay true, to, to what to the kind of team that they can be uh, look out because it could be it could be scary times um, especially if they get Dirk back Dirk brings a lot he may be coming off the bench but Dirk can still get it done on the baseline so watch out for the Mavericks but from one rookie and Doncic to another talked about Trier being my rookie spotlight just how good is he uh, he's been really good he's been very good and I wanted to spotlight him a couple of weeks ago uh, but I, I spotlighted someone else. Um, I think it was Trey Young that, who I spotlighted because Trey Young had been playing exceptionally well. Uh, but Trier's also been playing really well. And, and Alonzo Trier, if you don't know him, if you haven't heard about him, if you if he hasn't really you know popped up on your radar on your, on your Twitter feed, um, he's averaging he's averaging twelve a game for a rookie. That's that's pretty solid. Doncic is leading the way. By the way, he's leading all rookie scorers. Or he's leading all rookies in scoring with 19, and then Aiden's shortly behind him at 16. Well, Trier's at 12 a game, but he's already had a couple of explosive games. He, he had 24 and he had 24, 10 and 8 last night, or 24, 10 and 7 Tuesday night last night at, at Detroit. It was a loss for the Knicks, but I mean he, the numbers that he put up they were they were eye popping. He was he can shoot the ball very well. He's shooting 50 percent from the field, so he's shooting even better than Doncic from the field. He's shooting fifty percent from the field. He's shooting forty six percent from three. Doncic is only shooting forty. Uh, he's only shooting thirty nine percent from three, thirty seven percent. So Trier is one of those guys who he went undrafted, so he already came into the league with a little chip on his shoulder. Um, he had that going. He's playing behind Frank Nilakina. He's playing behind. Trey Burke, he's playing behind Tim Hardaway Jr. He's playing behind that that stable of guards, the stable of young guards that the Knicks have in New York. But he's sort of carved his own way with the playing time that he's getting. He's making the best out of it. And he's putting up big numbers. And, and David Fisdell loves it, and David Fisdell keeps playing him. 
because of the energy that he brings, because of the scoring that he brings. He's tough. He's, he gets to the rim. He's already got a couple of highlight dunks, you know, dunking over people this season. And so he's, he's, a, he's a great young player. He played three years at, at Arizona. So it's not like he was one of those one and done. He played three years. He's 22. Um, so he, he, got, he got his experience on the college level. And he, it's translating into the league. He's one of those rookies that doesn't, I mean, once again, he's out. He's only averaging 12 a game, but he's coming off the bench and he's averaging 12 a game. So it's very, it's really impressive because a lot of rookies aren't getting those kind of minutes. And if they are getting those kind of minutes, you know, they're getting, he's hanging, he's hanging with the best of them. So he's really he's solidifying himself to stay in that rotation is what he's, is really what he's doing. And he's hitting free throws in, in crunch time when the when the Knicks played when they when they were on they were on NBA TV last Friday and they had a big lead. They had a they had a lead coming down to the wire over the Spurs, I think. And Trishan free throws at the end of the game. He sees the one that's taking the free throws, and he's knocking them down to keep the Knicks up by more than one possession. He's make, he's keeping it at a two possession game. So Fizdale trusts him with the game on the lines, and and that says a lot about an undrafted rookie. Really, I mean, a guy who's undraft who went undrafted, and he's he's proven his way. He's hanging with the Doncic's, and he's hanging with the Trey Youngs, and he's hanging with the Marvin Bagley's and the DeAndre Aidens. And the Jaron Jacksons, all those guys were drafted. All those guys were lottery picks in the draft this year. True was not. He went. Un, he was not drafted at all. And he songs. He songs with the Knicks. And he's proving that maybe he should have been drafted. At least right now, that's how he's playing. That's how he's playing right now. And he's getting. He's only playing twenty-two minutes a game. So he's putting up. He's scoring. He's averaging 12 a game and only 22 minutes a game. That's pretty that's pretty good stuff. That's pretty good ball. And and that definitely I think it's, it warrants it warrants the rookie spotlight. And so Alonzo Trier, sorry it took me so long to get to you, but I mean I fi- I made it. I made it and you're playing even better than you were a couple of weeks ago. And, and that's and that's the truth. He's playing a whole lot better than he was a couple of weeks ago. Um for the for the Knicks and the Knicks, they had their they had their short they had a three game winning streak snapped uh, last night in Detroit, but he was a big reason why they they'd won three in a row. So, shout out to Trier for the rookie spotlight, and then for a couple of guys who've been getting it done for a couple of years, um, Harden with a fifty point game on Monday night against the Wizards, and then Kevin Durant had forty nine Monday night against the uh, Magic. So Harden's fifty points and Durant's forty nine points. Similar but different, different outcomes, but similar ways. I mean, the Rockets really led the whole way uh, before that game went overtime. That game was sort of back and forth uh, between the Rockets and the Wizards on Monday night. Harden, he had 49. He had 30 in the first half, I'm pretty sure. He had 30 in the first half. So he sort of – so I guess in really like in reality, he sort of slowed down in the second half. He had 49 and then hit 50. Uh, in the fourth quarter, he got fouled on the on a three point play. He made the three, then he made the free throw to to, to get to fifty, and he finished with fifty four. So he finished with fifty four, ten, and eight. Um, 
So almost a triple-double. It was his 10, 50-point game of his career. Uh, the Rockets lost in overtime to the Wizards. So that was a big home win for the Wizards, really, uh, with all the talk about whether the Wizards should trade Bill, uh, Bradley Bill and John Wall. It's not working for the Wizards. You know, like, oh, here we go again with the Wizards. The Wizards, they just can't figure it out. Uh, they, they should get rid of, you know, all, all this talk about the Wizards not figuring it out and, and, and slow, the slow start and how it's not Scott Brooks' fault, but it's on the players. They got a big win at home against the Rockets. And the Rockets had been, uh, after their slow start, they they had sort of been figuring it out and, and, and fighting their way back up in, in the Western Conference standing. So that knocked the Rockets back down, back down to 8-10. and 10. The Rockets haven't played since Monday, and, and the Rockets are they're nine and ten, so they were nine and nine, and they 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 look like they figured it out. You know, they cut Carmelo, of course, last week. That was that was one of the big things. They cut Carmelo, and then here we, they look like they figured they beat the Warriors uh, on Thursday night. Uh, uh, they beat the Warriors the Thursday night before, I should say, and. They look. They look like they were rolling again. Chris Paul was back. Uh, Harden was back. They had, you know, they had players back who had been injured or, or suspended, and their team was sort of coming together. Harden drops fifty four in a, you know, in a game, and you think the Rockets are going to win, but the the Wizards, they're fighting for their pride. Really, it's what they're doing. The Wizards are sort of trying to figure out, you know, who they are, and they're trying to save their players and they're trying to save their team. Because if they break this Wizards team up, that's it. That's the end of it. If they break it up, if if Ball, I mean, if John Wall or Bradley Bill gets traded, if one of those two gets traded, it doesn't even take both of them to get traded. If just one of them gets traded, this team is toast. This team is wonton soup. There's no coming back. So they're fighting for their pride, and they're fighting you know, to keep their team together to show that they can make a run in the Eastern Conference. And a win on Monday night against the Rockets, that was huge for them. Other side of that, Kevin Durant, 49 points against the Magic. Uh, the Magic really had one up on the the Warriors. You know, the Warriors had to come back from from double digits down to, to really win that game. And, and Kevin Durant, uh, he is explosive, and he is one of the best scorers in the game. One of the most ta- – I think he's probably the best. He is – I'm not even going to say probably. He is the best scorer in the game. Kevin Durant, without a doubt, the most talented the most talented scorer. He is the most deadly scorer. He is the scariest scorer. If Kevin Durant gets going, please get out of the way. If he gets going, you can't you can't foul him because he shoots he shoots eighty nine percent from the line as a seven footer. He, he shoots well from the line. He can shoot from three. He can score from two. He can get to the basket. He's long. Like if he scores, just pack your bags up and go home. Like it's that's it. Like you can't you can't you can't overcome that. He, he's about as lethal. He's like a Swiss Army knife. Like he can do everything. He can pull up. He can he can stand still and shoot. He can come off the screen. He can get to his spots. He can he can back you down. Go baseline. He has that. He has the fadeaway that he stole from Dirk. You know that he patented the Dirk fadeaway. Like Kevin Durant is. He is everything you want in a score, and then he's seven feet tall. So like. He's 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 nothing like what we've seen before, and for him to go out for forty nine and to bring the Warriors back without you know like I said earlier without Steph who who is coming back soon, and with Clay Thompson who's been struggling you know shooting the ball and Draymond's been out with a toe injury, and and everything that's been happening with with him, 
So Kevin is sort of carrying the team. He's putting the team on his back, and he's carrying this team. I mean, there's a reason why he's won the finals two years in a row. I mean, finals MVP two years in a row. Arguably, Steph could have won it last year, but Kevin Durant's the finals MVP two years in a row, whether you like it or not. Um, and it's because he does things like this in times like this when his team needs him the most. Like, he shows up. He hits the three. He hits the pull-up three from, like, 27 feet away with LeBron James in his face. He scores 49 against the Magic to bring his team back when they need it the most. So Kevin Durant's 49 points. He's third in the league in scoring behind Steph and Harden. Harden's 50-point game put him at number one, put him back at the top, or put him at the top over Steph. Steph had been leading the league even though he hadn't played in like 20 years. Um, He had been leading the league in scoring until Harden's 50-point game. Harden's 50-point game put him at 31.5. Steph's at 29.5. And and then Kevin Durant's at 29.2 a game. So strong performances from the top. And then um, some big news, really. We're going to jump into it. Just might as well talk about it. Some big news that happened uh, a little bit after the podcast last week. So as you guys, I don't do – I don't do – I don't – I don't, I don't get on here twice a week, even though I said that I wanted to and, and that I might start. Um, it just depends on how it plays out. But The Athletic uh, coming out and reporting that Marco Fultz wanting a trade. One of the big things, uh, I mean, really, it, 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 sort of, it was sort of culminating to this. It's, it seemed like it was going to be this way after last year, after, you know, his shoulder stuff, and, and he sort of just, like, wasn't playing, but he was – he was like, he was okay to play, but he just didn't play. Like, and then whether it was his confidence or what, like things like that, and, and video surfacing of like his form, like his form was still messed up. And, and so, like, what are we doing? And then he comes back this year, and everyone's talking about, oh, he looks great. He looks good. His form is improved. Marco Fultz is back. Like, this is what the Sixers need. And he's going to be a part of the team. Like, yeah, like this is like, this is great for, for him and for basketball and for the Sixers. And then all of a sudden they make the trade for Jimmy Butler and Marco Fultz is, is out of the rotation. That's essentially it. Like they make the trade for Jimmy Butler and Fultz is out of the rotation. He's hardly played. And they've, you know, he, he's been saying that he's been nursing a wrist injury and TJ McConnell's been getting his, his PT, you know, TJ McConnell's been getting playing time ever, ever Fultz. And, and that's really, and that says a lot. If it doesn't say anything, it says a lot. Uh, in the Phoenix game, not this Monday, but last Monday, Fultz is getting ready to come into the game, and then Brett Brown pulls him back and puts in TJ McConnell. Like, he pulled the, he pulled the switcheroo. Literally, as Fultz was about to check into the game, he was at the scorer's table. Brett Brown pulls him back and puts in TJ McConnell. So, Fultz comes out after that. It was... If it wasn't the if it wasn't that night or the next day, it was like Wednesday, and he said he wants to trade, like he he want like he wants he wants a out of there, and I don't blame him. I think he I think he needs a fresh start. I think he needs to be somewhere else where he feels like where he where he feels confident. I think that's where he someone can you know I think he just needs a new start to just start over to just push the reset button. Because whatever's been going on in Philly, it's not been great for him. And the Sixers came out and they said they don't have any plans. 
They don't have any plans with Mark. Like they, they don't have any future. Like they don't see a future that has Marco Fultz in it. And so they should do what's about, you know, they should do him the honors of, of giving him a trade, of trading him, trading him to a good team. And the Sixers aren't probably, they're not going to trade him to an Eastern conference team. They don't want to trade him in conference because they don't want, you know, they don't want to run the, the risk of him like ruining their season or coming or coming back to bite them or anything like that. So they're probably going to trade him to a Western conference team and that, and that's fine. He just wants to be out of there and, and somewhere, somewhere new, somewhere fresh, put him in the Western conference. Maybe I like put him on a, on a good team, on a team. I mean, the Sixers are good, but put him on a team like, I don't know, a two, a team that needs a team that needs a, a backup guard. Um, who would that be? I mean, that could be anyone. Really, the, really, the Suns need a point guard, and I'm about to argue the Suns in a, in a second. But I mean, the Suns need a point guard. Uh, but I don't think we need Marco Fultz. I like him, and I I like I like him, and I like watching him from afar. But if I have to watch him on my team with the way that the Suns are playing right now, I think I might like punch myself in the face. I like I don't know. Um, I don't really know what I would do. I probably just wouldn't watch the Suns ever. I mean, it's not like they play on TV, anyways. But I don't. I, I don't want to see him on the Suns because I think the Suns need a point guard that's not Marco Fultz. Um, but yeah, get him out. I mean, get him out of there. He just needs a new start, and it's unfortunate that a number one pick like him, like we're going to be talking about, how he never really lived up to his expectations and blah blah blah. But this dude's only like he's only like twenty. He's not even twenty one yet. Like he's still a baby, you know. Like he played one year at Washington or whatever it was, and led the you know led college basketball in scoring, and now he's out, you know. And he didn't he didn't play his rookie year essentially. Like he missed his entire rookie year with an injury. I not think that's on Philly. I think Philly messed that up, and then he comes back and he plays. You know he's playing a lot better this year. Or, he plays a little bit this year, and then you know we start talking about we start making fun of his free throws, the way that he's shooting his free throws. And I just think he's more mental than anything. He just needs a new start. Um, he's still a kid. We don't have to like stone him yet. Like, there's no keep your stones to yourselves. Just get him. Just get him somewhere new where he's confident. And I think we'll see what he can do because he has a lot of potential and he has a lot. He's a good basketball player. So get him somewhere good. Um, I don't want him on Phoenix because Devin Booker says he wants to build a super team. Um, he was talking to Yahoo sports and he was talking about, he wants people to come to him. Obviously he just signed the big deal five years, 158, 151 million. Um, he loves Phoenix and he's dedicated to the, he, you know, he's dedicated to the, to the franchise and the organization. He doesn't want to leave. He wants the players to come to him. And I think, I think he has a solid core around him to be able to attract, you know, some big name guys. I'm just making the argument for it. He has Aiden, who's playing really well. Aiden's getting 16 and 10 as a rookie. Strong numbers. TJ Warren, he's a proven scorer. All he does is score the basketball. Literally, all he does is score the basketball. Michael Bridges, he's budding. He's young. He plays good defense. He just has to get a little bit more size on him, like muscle-wise. And Josh Jackson's probably the odd man out in this situation. But I like this core. I like the core of, of Devin Booker, DeAndre Aiden, TJ Warren, Michael Bridges. You probably keep Josh Jackson and a couple of, you know, a couple of bench guys on there. But I mean, I like like this young core. I like it. 
I, I really like this young core of players. It's just that we're so young that we're always playing from behind, and you cannot do that in the NBA. You cannot, you cannot come, you cannot expect to come from behind against an Indiana Pacers team and win. And that was the case last night. The Suns were trailing. They were trailing by more than like 14 or something like that at one point. They come all the way back to tie the game. Devin Booker has a chance, you know, and, you know, the the Pacers take a lead. They take a three-point lead, a 107 to 104 lead. And Devin Booker has the chance, he has a chance to tie the game with three, you know, with, with time coming down. He takes the shot and it, it, it goes, it bounces, it goes in and out. So, you, but you can't expect you can't expect Devin Booker to save us every time though. That's the thing about the Suns. They put Devin Booker has the ball in his hands so much. He has to do everything. He has to score. He has to pass. They expect him to do everything. He can't save us every time. He can't like that's just he just can't. Like he's not Superman. He literally cannot. Like if if we can't win when he scores forty or like close to fifty, if we can't win when he scores that, like we like I don't know what you want. Like you can expect, like you can expect to come back from 15 every single night in the NBA, even though you're at home, you cannot expect to do it against these teams because everyone is good. A 15 point lead in the NBA, you can, you can kiss it goodbye. And yes, the Suns are fighting back and they're getting back into these games and they're closing these gaps. And that's promising, but like you can't do that every night. Like we can't, we, we can't, you can't either be up by 20 points and blow it and, or you, you can't be down by like 15 points and come back. If I had to, if I had to pick and choose which one I would rather have, like if I really had to pick one, I would rather be down by 15 and come back and win or lose close than have a 22 point lead and blow it. Because that means that you were doing things that, you know, you had the, you had the other team on the ropes and then you just, for whatever reason, like for whatever reason, something bad, you like you just decided to implode. Um, so Devin comes out and he says that he wants he wants a super team, you know, like whatever it takes. Like he wants a super team. He says right now they're all so young that he's no one's really holding any, like no one's really holding each other accountable. Like they're scared to get in each other's faces. They're scared to step on each other's toes. And in his words, he said the current team they don't push each other. Uh, they don't step on each other's toes. Like that's what they because they're so young because everyone's scared of hurting each other's feelings. Like. They don't want to get in each other's faces because they're they're afraid, they're scared. Um, and they need, you know, like on a on a super team, on a team like the Miami Heat when they had Wade Bosch and, and, and LeBron, or you know, or like the Warriors with Katie Steph and, and Clay, like they push each other, they get in each other's faces and practices are intense. Like you hear about all these stories about how how intense the Warriors practices are, you know, with with Steph, Clay, Draymond, and, and Kevin Durant. Like you hear about these practices, and and like, and Devin Booker said they don't have any practices like that. Like they don't have anybody. Like they're not. Like they're not getting into it every day. Like they're not going at it like that every day. And so he wants to build a super team, and he wants those guys to come to him. Um, and I'm for it. Like, I mean, like at this point, like I don't. I mean, I would rather not do it with a super team. Because we really just need a solid point guard who can just lead the team, and and this is why I didn't want Marco Fultz because I would rather have like a D'Angelo Russell because Russell and Booker are good friends, they get along, but Russell's also a solid like point guard. Like he doesn't have to have the ball in his hands at all times to be able to score. Like he can get his teammates involved. Like he he can pass the ball really well. He averages fourteen a game, so he can score, but he doesn't have to. 
And then other nights he can go off for a 30, you know, like, and, and Devin doesn't have to do it by himself every night. And that allows Devin to be an actual two, like he can actually play the two positions. So um, I don't know what, I mean, Phoenix needs a lot, but if Devin wants a super team, uh, give the man what he wants because we're paying him a hundred and, you know, we're paying him over $150 million. And I'm tired of seeing him score 40 and, and losing. I am. Like, that's just the, like, I'm tired of seeing him put in all the work and the team leans, leans so much on him. And then it comes down to the fact that, oh, oh, I forgot, like, we can't play defense or something. Like, no, it's stupid, man. Like, get get players around him that helps him win. Like, he's one of those guys that's that's going to get it. Like, he's one of those, he's hungry for it. Uh, he has that he has that Mamba mentality, that that Kobe mentality, and he just wants to win. So if he just wants to win, just give him his effing team. Like that's like that's how I feel about it. Um, but that's that's been the week. We have had other things happen. Like LeBron went back home to Cleveland uh, last week, and, and that was a strong game. We had Warriors and Thunder Part Two this season, and I only say that because. Um, while the Warriors weren't playing pretty at the time, I mean it was it was Warriors Thunder and, and everyone's building up the whole Katie Russ Russ thing, but I don't like to get into the drama. Uh, but that's what we had. That's what that's what the last week has been, and and that's everything that's gone on. And and I'm looking forward to another another solid week, another strong week in basketball. Uh, appreciate you guys tuning in and listening. You can follow me on on all my social media platforms. You can just type in my name. I'm on Twitter at Jamal Kennedy. That's J-A-H-M-A-L, Kennedy, K-E-N-N-E-D-Y. I'm on Facebook. I'm on Instagram. Uh, you can find me on there. Uh, I, answer, I answer emails. I answer questions. Uh, send me your questions if you have them. Uh, if you're interested in coming in on the pod, man, just you know, shoot me an email. Shoot me a text if you got my number, and, and we can talk it out. We can discuss it out. Um, I like to keep it spaced out. I like to, you know, uh, I do have it scheduled. I do have a couple guys scheduled to come on, you know, over the, over the course of the next couple of weeks and months um, to, to keep it, you know, lively and, and, and good. But if you want to come in on the pod, man, just hit me up and, and let me know. I appreciate everyone's uh, support. Uh, thank you guys for tuning in. That's episode nine. And uh, check the scoreboard. Yeah, man, we're out. <laughs>